0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client Robots don't know you we do at Farm Bureau Financial Services Getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in.
1: Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in.
0: Clock. A camo shut!
2: Hello and welcome to episode 40 fucking something. It no probably something 30 it doesn't matter it's an episode of the Fighting Cop podcast. It's season 11 and I'm joined by Alex. I should have been joined by Ricky and Spooky as well, shouldn't I Alex? Well, I mean does it matter? What what are you saying? Well, I'm not saying that you that you're not like a a, a big part of what we're doing. What 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 were you saying by saying that well, it sounds like it. It sounds like you're saying, well, I'm joined by Alex, but
3: should have been, should have had Spooky and Ricky here.
2: Well, I think people want more than just me and you on a uh, main pod. Why? Because, uh, um, uh, because, uh, I don't, I mean, that, that they want to hear from the. That... We're the best ones. I mean, I'm, I'm, i, I obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive part of it. You're, you're, I mean, you don't even get, even get invited to the corner pin, do you? Well, no, but, yeah. Didn't want it anyway. So
3: next, I mean, so, that's... So, so, what happens in this group, right? For people that don't know, is that some some company or some bit of marketing thing or someone wanting some or or some kind people offering stuff to the to the podcast. Yeah, send a message to everyone, and I never get any of them. I'm in the list. Why do you? All, f- all they've what, got to what? do is go on the followers list of of <laughs> the fighting card and I'm on there, right? So they're either actively ignoring it. Account's not even private anymore. It's not even private. That was usually what my protection was. It's not even that anymore. Why, why did you make your account on Twitter private? I can't remember now. I can't remember now. But uh, it would it would yeah. have been uh, women of the night that you were seeing that took a Might have been. It, I think it also had something. I was a bit worried about. I think I'd seen a few people get uh, get in trouble at their place of work for stuff they'd said online, and I rather than like trolling <laughs> through shit, I was like, oh, I'll just make it private.
2: Anyway, anyway, we, this is uh, the Fighting Cop podcast, and Tottenham Hotspur have just absolutely fucking slapped Everton. Frank Lampard's Everton, no less. And um, while we don't have the full crew, we'll, me, me and Alex will trudge on through the quagmire and try and give you a reaction to what we saw last night at White Hart Lane, which was an absolute 5-0 drubbing of Everton, as we said. So I, I, I think the best place to start with, would be, and there are so many places we could go at the start of this podcast. The best place to start with would be Matt Doherty. Now, um, I, I know your your po- the, the the points you've made previously on this podcast, Alex, mm-hmm. and I think we've all all been in that same situation with him. Um, and he, well, well, we 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 put out a uh, I put out a tweet on on uh, the Lover's Shirt Twitter account and saying, as everyone?" Taking the time today to apologise to Matt Dowey, uh, which I thought was a, a funny thing to tweet because obviously he's been shit for two years. Like, why would we apologise for him? The reaction for, from a certain section was, "Why should we apologise to him? <laughs> how about how about he apologises for the last two years of being shit?" I was like, "No, you're missing the point. It's it's good that he's he's he's, he's doing all right again." Like, but it, he had a good, really good game again, and this is off the back of having a great game against Leeds.
3: Uh yeah he he played very well I'm not sure about great game against Leeds but he's he's performing and 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 doing what we've were told or expected or however, whatever adjective you want to use uh that he was going to do you know these two games in particular were were made for him really he had lots of space you know he kind of drifts in doesn't he from that right wing back position ends and finds him, for both assists he was relatively central uh, when he's when he played uh, the balls through uh, one through for Kane and then one over the top for Kane, so he's got that space and that and that license to be able to do that. I think against better teams that might be more of a struggle, but you know if if we end up beating the majority of the teams outside of the top six and he's a big and he's a part of that, <coughs> I'm all for it. Good luck to him. We still need yeah. to be
2: upgraded, but we can't do anything until the summer. So. But well, you, you, you don't know that he needs to be upgraded until yeah. he, he. Well, I'm just saying. Like you, you, don't, you don't know that he needs to be upgraded until he he has to be upgraded. Right. Right now, if you had to swap Doherty over for another right wing back who is better than him, you'd say, you know, I want to hedge my bets and say, yeah, there is a better full right wing back out there for us to grab, and we can maybe make some money over, out of Doherty, but. As we said in the last couple of podcasts and on Patreon as well, that since he's playing in that right wing back, which made him significant for Wolves under Nuno, playing as a as, you know as a right wing back next to a back free, he hasn't done anything wrong, and actually against Everton, he done a lot of things right. The ball for Kane created a goal, for, so, so a, a right wing back is with, with a a long sort of. Sort of long ball over to Kane. It was it was perfectly pitched because Kane catched it on on the volley on the left foot. That's if you, if you if you've got right wing backs are doing that, then that, that that's what you're after. And it wasn't just that though. There were the the the, the, the uh, I think it was the second goal, Son's goal, which Pickford should have saved. But the movement and direction and deliberacy of of, of the play on that right hand side was was fantastic and. He was intrinsic to that he was he, he was he was really good and, and I wonder Alex here's my question actually is 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 he good or is he is the bar that he sets so low that we look for every good bit in his play yeah I mean
3: look he's had two very good games and and I've always I've said this and I said it about as much as you know I laughed about you know and went a bit far maybe with the Celso and, and Dombele and and, and Bergwine and people like that. I I don't see any issue with praising people when they have good games and panning them when they have shit games. Now the the fact is we are at a point now and we have a manager in, in Conte where we have to, if we want to do what Conte wants to do with with this club, then people like Berg uh, yeah, well Bergwine, but Doherty and people like, have to be upgraded on. Them putting in performance last night should be the relative norm, and I think if he, I, I, I don't think I have an issue with with Doherty being the backup massively, um, but this this is where we we can't fall into this trap of players suddenly have a good run of five or six games and then us thinking, oh, actually maybe they they might be oh, good enough when we've seen over a longer period of time that they're probably not. Like but I don't be is- negative on it because he played absolutely fantastic last night. And he was he was genuinely fun to watch in the last two games and that's and that's great um and I hope I I sincerely hope that that continues and he gets even better towards the end of the season but regardless of his performances from now until the end of the season there is a space there to be
2: upgraded um we tried that with Emerson like we, saw we spent uh, you know we probably yeah. haven't spent this money on him but you know 28 million pounds or whatever it was on him and and Matt Doherty's uh, you, you can't deny that Matt Doherty needs to start above Emerson Rail. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with
3: that. But like I said, that's fine. You know, some first football, isn't it? You spend money, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, and we, But we can't afford now. What well, my point is, is with this manager, we can't afford now to be like, well, let's maybe give him another year or, you know. No, got to go for it.
2: Alex, got, what, what, you know, what, what do you make of the idea that, um, that, that Leeds and Everton are shit? And therefore, it was obvious that Spurs were going to score nine goals against them and concede none. Is no, that I mean, yeah? Because I mean, that, that's what I've heard. That's what that's what I've been reading. Is oh Everton are shit, Leeds are shit. Obviously, you can't. You, it doesn't matter how shit a team are. Norwich aren't getting beaten five 0 every week. They're not. So why right. why are we, why why aren't we getting credit for slapping Leeds and Everton where it's Suddenly it's clear, obviously they're shit. That's why this has happened.
3: Well, I think I think we are getting credit for the most part of what I've seen. I think a lot of people talking about Kane today and a lot of people talking about um the uh, how well they've settled in, Benton Kerr, how well how well they've settled in. I want to in. talk
2: about those. I want to talk about both of those. Yeah, years.
3: but I think um look, you know, th- there's no getting away from the fact that we the Leeds and Everton are the two, you know, most out of form. Teams in the league, but you still have to beat them. When that Everton team came up last night, you look at it on paper and you think,
2: mm-hmm.
3: okay, well, not you know, Calvert Lewin's a decent player, Richarlison's good, um, Anthony Gordon, I think, is great. Yeah, you know, he so was really, I, I really, really liked him. I really, yeah, really yeah. liked him. They've got good. They've got good players. So you, you still have to go out and, and and beat them, and you have to take your chances. And uh, and that is one thing that that we did do. You know, we we made that space, and you and you and you make it count. Um, you know, Everton. Everton had Man City all the way to the end two weeks ago, you know, and 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 should have had a penalty as well. The most awful VAR decision I've ever seen, um, you know, and 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 City really struggled until they managed to break them down late on, and then survived by the skin of their teeth with by not getting a penalty that they should have had awarded against them. Um, so we know Everton can can do it, you know, they they can take teams like that and stifle them. I think they just approached the game wrong last night. They played almost perfectly into our hands, and as long as we didn't have a little uh,
2: fuck up in the first 10-15 minutes, I was pretty confident. You know, I, I was, was really surprised at how open they were, how how willing they were to attack us. Well, because... I think I think the plan
3: my, my thinking would have been, and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I think, you know, Spurs have just come off the back of losing 1-0 to Middlesbrough. If you get a goal yeah, or if you, you're really, really on top and you really put it on them, the crowd will start to turn and moan and groans. And that was starting, just about starting to happen. Um, I, you know, he'd probably gone for broke a little bit, um, but then, yeah, to the naivety not to switch it back and just let us do what we did in that first, um, in that first, you know, half was was daft. But we were, but we were great and we executed it perfectly. And the more you see with the wing backs, so you've had an assist for Session, you on two assists for for Doherty, a goal for Reggion. You know, it's it's nice where you can see that progress. It's, so a lot of talk about wing-backs with Conte in the system and, and where those extra goals are going to be coming from. Um, and you and saw it again, another example of it last night, and same with Leeds, you know, with with Doherty <laughs> and, and John's cross. So that's all good stuff, and you can be excited about that, and it's really pleasing to see. And that's the difference from from enjoying your football under Conte, where like last night it wasn't like breakneck, you know, peak Pochettino football. It's a different type of football, but it's exciting because you get to see patterns and systems work. That, I mean, you that, know and, that was and, as
2: good of, as almost anything we'd seen under Pochettino. That is not, no, that, no. Why is that nonsense? It's not, it's, it's a different type. It depends on what you like, but it, it was not, It
3: it, it wasn't as, as swashbuckling. Now, some people might say, "Well, that's that's the same. It's not better or worse." But it wasn't. It wasn't the same. It was, I think it was the, the very, difference very, very it
2: would would have been that Pochettino achieved it when we were playing on the front foot, and Conte achieved it where yeah, we were maybe. exploiting and the, the weaknesses. Just a personal. Just a and personal I guess play. I guess that, that's that, that's actually we've sort of arrived on a, a decent point here, which would be that a team that wants to just sit back and not play which you completely understand, you know, I understand what Burnley did. I understand to some degree what, uh, and I understand completely what, what Burrow did. Um, but it's, if you want to beat Spurs, it's, it's about just sitting back and, and, and attacking on the counter. That's the best way to beat us. Anyone, anyone on their day can beat Tottenham. doesn't matter where they are in the league. Probably doesn't even matter where they are in the football pyramid, which makes it so frustrating, but it, it, if you come out and play Tottenham, you come out and play a team, certainly with Bentancur in the midfield, who was imperious yesterday. It was so good. Um, then you're going to get hurt, and that's why I think like we've we've got a good position against teams like Manchester United, who we, we're going to face at the weekend, who w- will not just sit back and and, and soak up pressure. They 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 have a they they 've got a responsibility to play football on the front foot because it's at the at the theater dreams in inverted commas, or, or at old trafford and that will that will suit suit us it really really will yep and I think part of the reason why it will suit us is because we luckily and not not luckily it was intensive it, it was it, it was deliberate that we brought in Bentankor and we brought in Kulisevsky, that we have the ball players now to really, really influence a game when it's going Mm -hmm. against us. And Ben and Kulishevsky have come in. I didn't expect them to to fit in so quickly, but they have. They really, really, really have. Ben yes, yesterday was superb. I don't know what you thought.
3: Yeah, really. I mean, it's even more so when you see how much of an upgrade it is on Harry Winks because he's just so... Both of them are just so calm in possession and that is something that we've lacked, you know, with Lucas, Bergwine, you know, even Lamella. Um, there's just such a rush about everything. And that might be from the, from the kind of Pochettino days, maybe, where everything is kind of breakneck speed and, and away you go. But sometimes you just want to be able to, to see and set yourself and, 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 and give ourselves better opportunities to make better chances because there's no, but there's not as much rushing. There's not as much of this ball's got to be played now. It's got to be played now. And Kulisevsky in particular does that brilliantly, where you think, right, we're on the front foot. Go, go, go. And he kind of stops and maybe comes inside, takes a step, and then he still manages to find a, a nice little through ball or, or a pass that's progressive. And the same with Benton Kerr, where he's just got that air of coolness around him, where on the edge of our own box, if he's got the ball, it, it's not just a you know, firing it hard along the floor into down the channels or or trying to just get it as close to Harry Kane as possible. You know, he gets his head up and he's got the feet and he's got the ability to be able to take a step, roll the ball from one side or the other, and then actually play something. It helps you set up attacks much better. It helps you, it, it calms situations down when we are under the cosh a little bit. And you won't, you wouldn't get that with Winks because again, he's quite a busy player. You know, everything's kind of bang, bang, one and two touches um, and and it just makes such a difference. And they've and they've they have slotted in very very well. I mean, you know, we all had our ifs and buts. I think about you know the fact that we just went back to Juventus. You know, Paratici went back to uh, Juventus on the last day of the season, picked two. But these are these are two players that have been playing at a high
2: standard of football. You know, for a for a Ma- yeah. But uh, maybe some, maybe Alex, to... that didn't happen. Maybe like like you say, like maybe maybe Paratici knew that he could get these two players. And that he knew that, that 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 they were going to improve Tottenham Hotspur, and, and you've seen the interviews uh, that, particularly at uh, Conte, but I think Paratici per- mentioned it as well about how desperate Conte was to get Kulishev- Kulishevsky at um, at, 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 at uh, sorry, at, at, at Inter. So he knows not, how good not,
3: he is. I'm not saying that it, it, you know, but it was like. Last dash and everything. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying about what the perception perhaps has been and where some of the frustration has been, particularly of it being on the last day. And we we've talked about that a million times about how Tottenham do their dealings. But um, but yeah, the point is that they've been playing at a high standard. You know, f- for a, a significant period of of, of time. Even vocal says is only 21. goes what 24. You know, so this is. These are really two really really good progressive signings, and again we've had two people that have come into the team straight away. It's been so long since we've had. I mean, and Dombele started well, and I suppose Loscello did to an extent,
2: but this is these two are like on another level. Kolesovsky impact at Tottenham reminds me of Van der Vaart's. Not not that he is going to be what Van der Vaart was for Spurs, and I hope he is, and it, and it could he could be, but his impact, his composure, his Uh, maybe it's because they're both left footed and I'm being as reductive as as that but he looks so comfortable I was talking to my dad earlier so I I never talk to my dad after Spurs lose because I know what I'm going to get it's going to be a barrage. <laughs> it's, going to, it's just going to be an absolute, absolute barrage of. We don't uh, talk to anyone after Spurs lose, to be fair. No, I, do, I don't. To be fair, actually, there's been a couple of times when my my dad's rung me after Spurs after bar, I was like I can't deal with that. I just, I just don't want to talk to anyone when Spurs have lost. I really don't. Anyway, but but uh, impact has has made an impact on my dad, and um, he he was just saying. What a player. And bear in mind, my dad's seen us. He was born in 51. He saw his first game was in the season in 61, where obviously we know what Spurs did in that season. And he's seen all of the glory and great sides in the 70s and 80s. And then he, now he's lived through the doldrums of the 90s and, and 2000s. And he said two things to me. One, Harry Kane is, is better than Jimmy Greaves, which is mad but mm-hmm. he said he's a better striker than Jimmy Greaves and the other thing he said is I like Kulisevsky, <laughs> which I was surprised <laughs> about because he never 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 opens up in that way at all i just he he looks so comfortable doesn't he alex but there's
3: an like i said I, I just keep going back to it both of them are just calm and i just feel like this team needs
2: this not necessarily when we're on the front where do, where you, do you think it comes from the fact that they've played at that level in italy for a giant club like a global club as a juve that that coming in to play for Spurs and like we, we I think all Spurs fans hold ourselves up as uh, a, a would be giant of European football, but there's a difference between Juve and Tottenham.
3: Yeah, also I think I think there might be there is also an element. There's definitely that, but also an element of they've come into a club knowing that the manager there is is one of the most highest rated managers in in world football, and he's des- desperately wanted both of them. You know, if you think back over the Mourinho. And Nuno, you know, who have we got where a manager has desperately want you know, someone who's come into the first team straight away, where the manager's like, Yep, i des you know, they you're all about who I want. Hoyberg, maybe. And he started very well and and, and has a, has had ups and downs, mainly I think due to purely the amount of football he's had to play. But these are the, I'm trying to think of other players that have come in that have been as significant as those two in terms of of, of players and no that they are truly wanted and have been bought in because they are wanted because the manager knows and is, has full belief in that, that they are going to make this team better. You know, obviously we had players that came in shortly before Pochettino left. Then you had Mourinho where he bought in, you know, Doherty, Paul, um, Joe Hart. And he said Paul Robinson, then Joe Hart, um, Huybeg. And who else did Jose bring in? Bergwijn, I suppose, but that was a January move. That always makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, I suppose these were both January moves as well, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a manager here that is is really, really that high up yeah. in terms of what people think of, and these are two players coming in. So you get you get that confidence as a player. You, you're coming in full of confidence because you're being brought in. You're wanted. You're not a project. You're not one for the future. You're for now to come and improve this team and achieve what we want to achieve over the next two years, not five years, six years. You know, it's. it's I think that breeds a level of confidence, but. Well- um, I think that's a bit different.
2: We have we have we have the situation, don't we? Because Kane is, I would argue, he's in in the form of his life, and and we know how good he's been previously. But right now, when it matters, when we need him, and given the fact that all the shit that happened in the summer, um, the fact that he's he's playing in the way that he has been in the last couple of weeks is insane. And to lose him, or lose lose Conte and Kane from this point would be. Difficult to deal with.
3: Yeah, I mean, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. But the well, only thing well, I'll say on that is Champions League is is a must. If, you know, the the only chance we have really of, of keeping Harry Kane, I feel, is that if we're if we get into if we manage to to, to get into the Champions League, I don't, um, I
2: don't think keeping is, Harry Kane, I don't think it's keeping Harry Kane. It's, it's convincing Harry Kane to sign a new contract would be what we what we should be looking at because, like, he's still got two years now. Uh, if Spurs were going to get the maximum amount of value out of him, it would be selling him in selling him in this summer. Uh, that coincides with what Conte is going to do. So it's going to be a big, a big summer. But yeah. but Kane's been so good, so good in the last month, maybe even two months. It's been so good. But the and thing Kane- is, it works. It works. It can go. If, if one if one thing works,
3: then the other thing should follow. Because if Kane is in the in remains in this form from now to the end of the season, where we're playing one game a week, uh, you know, I, I really, I genuinely fancy us for for fourth. And I've said this all along. I thought the I thought the Burnley game probably ended um, top four, but then there's, you've seen some results that have gone swing back our way, and then we've had two big wins. The goal difference was a big thing because we were a minus goal difference before Leeds, so. Um, that's added. That's another point. So nine plus nine. Yeah. So that's that's another point. So so now, and with one game a week now, as much as you know, going out to Middlesbrough was you know, embarrassing and it was horrific. But we are in a position now where it's one game a week. With Kane in that form, if if, if Kane stays in this form, is obviously his stock will rise, but it will also give us a far, 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 far better chance of actually getting into the top four, and and that gives us the best chance of of keeping him, and Conte, both happy and. And and we go in the summer and do what we what we should do, and and then we can all be excited. So, you know, look, I, I arguably going out to Middlesbrough, and um and the whole thing with the the Conference League could end up when we look back at the end of the season, thinking, do you know, what they were actually really really good things because we've seen you saw that stat last night about the difference when Conte has a week and when he's got two games in a week, and we heard that before he came that you know sometimes struggles with two games in a week. Um, because of a bit of a lack of rotation. And hopefully we'll see that now. You know, we've got a good... We've got a, a relatively decent run of fixtures. Beat United on on Saturday, and it is proper on. You know, it might all come down to the derby, which is fucking terrifying. But um, it, it's proper on. And when if you can get that bit between the players' teeth, you know, the worst-case scenario would be that, you know, fourth is kind of pretty much gone. We're kind of just ambling along, trying to get fifth. And you... You know, we won't be getting any last day celebrations of getting fifth or sixth like we saw at Palace with Mourinho. <laughs> that won't be happening. You yeah. know, this is this is four four, or, or or nothing. Yeah.
2: Well, we we got a question from uh, Navarino Navarino Road. He says, if if fourth place came down to the rearranged fixture versus Woolwich in the last week of the season, how much would you pay for a ticket? So there's, there's this scenario where where um, you know, given the fact that we are what, three points behind them and they have a game in hand, so that is significant at this point. But Arsenal do have some really difficult games to play. And Spurs, you you would argue, are coming into their pump right now. If we manage to get a result against Manchester United at Old Trafford, it would be a massive, massive thing. If we win there, then people are starting talking about Spurs in a completely different way. But it, it, it does feel like we're moving towards a sort of playoff between Tottenham and Arsenal, which is completely horrible to consider. Yeah. I mean, so- you've got to remember United
3: have got Champions League, well, at least one more game, you know, so midweek, uh, you know, for Champions League. West Ham have obviously got a, a, a tough two-legged tie now with Sevilla. Um, you know, so that's that's going to take some distraction from there. You know, Wolves, you're not 100% sure what you're going to get from there. It, it probably will come down to just us two. Um, you know, having it's having a ticket for that game. It's the same with the derby, no matter what's going on. Like, it, it's fucking awful. The build-up is horrific. The game is just disgusting. I hate it. I hate sitting through that game. Imagine, imagine and, that jeopardy involved, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it genuinely makes I feel a bit ill just thinking about it now, just because it's so much. It's too much. Um, but then you, you just have to you have to accept it because the joy of of us doing it. Is is unrivaled, you know, and and it's our fucking turn. It's so our fucking well, it, turn. This is it. Like so we, on a last day e- or a last, e- e- m-
2: every time there is this this much sort of jeopardy in a game, we tend to fuck it up. But then, then I think that might be a narrative that's just entrenched in our uh, in our psyche. When you know there was a lot of jeopardy when we played Ajax and Manchester City in yeah, the cool. Champions League, and we beat them both. Yeah, I and mean, no like, one, no one tipped us to beat Manchester City over two legs, and we no, did it without wh- Harry Kane. Wh-
3: and we're Spurs fans, so it, it's ingrained to us because of Lasagna and Newcastle. Uh, you know, that's that's why it's ingrained to us. But you know, look, they are, um, uh, they're, they're in a good run of form at the minute. Expecting them to keep up this run of form until the end of the season. Now, I mean, that would be something. You know, so that the yeah, likelihood is is they they are due. A dip so drop of, some, off. of some types, and hopefully we're on the other side of that curve. So you know, look. It's, I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, having a game like that with that much jeopardy on, yeah, it's fucking awful. But oh, how many times have we said? How, think of all the things that we've had to go through, like like things like Losania La- Gate, and you know, Chelsea yeah. with the Champions League final, and you know, all of this. Mendes got. We've gone with all of this. Like, nothing can hurt. We're her. built for this. We're, we're built for this there is nothing they can do that isn't going to hurt us just as bad as we've been hurt before i
2: wonder i wonder i wonder if the younger fans aren't built for it though like they might have gone through they might have gone through the you know losing to liverpool in the champions league final but maybe they don't remember lazagne gate and maybe they don't remember chelsea winning the champions league
3: no, but we've all had those pit of the stomach days you know even losing to them under Nuno was pit in the stomach days because of how fucking pathetic that day was so we we've all had it, but spurs have got to be i can't remember what program it was, but I remember someone on Sky One years ago, a couple of years ago, maybe, where they were like doing the, the top fifty craziest Premier League moments. We were in about thirty of them, and none of them <laughs> so, you know like we this we can't be hurt by these things we are We are punch drunk. On, on Tottenham Hotspur. Nothing's going to make us any worse now. Our, yeah, we, we're, we're, there.
2: We're, we're an old boxer walking forward with his fists yeah. up. But one of
3: these days, and, and, it, and it's coming, and it's due, that we're just going to throw some
2: crazy right hand, and it's going to knock whoever's in front of us spark out. How wonderful would it be to, to um, for us to win a major trophy, to yeah. shut everybody up? Because every time you talk about anything good about Spurs, Pochettino's Tottenham... Harry uh, Kane being the, the best striker in, in, in the league and probably will take, a, take over Shearer's record. All of it, all of it is caveated by the fact that we haven't won anything. Imagine if we do win something, because it takes away every argument that we have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, that was what the Champions League final was, you know, mainly for me, was like, wow,
3: that was yeah. amazing and incredible, but it literally Same. ended that forever. But, it, you know, it, but we, you talk about the younger fans not being built for it. It's the younger fans that have made this an issue. What do you it's mean? Because there is a generation of football fans that genuinely believe that there isn't really anything to talk about unless it's followed by uh, medals or names and dates underneath yeah. your football club, which is just fucking mental because when you look at the rest of the Premier League it's... Again, we've talked about it a thousand times in terms of trophies. <laughs> we, we need a trophy because this club, this club needs a trophy. These players need a trophy. Lloris, like... You know, if you're talking purely on a on a from a fan point of view, you want to see these, you want to win the, the trophies for the days out. That's that's what we want, and f- you want these players that have given us these these moments to have some some ex- some type of of justification or what, what I can't think of the word now, but you know, some kind of reward essentially. Mm. You know, when I think there is a difference that you have to to put across, and I think Teddy Sheringham said it last night was like, look, you know, players it's all very well us saying, well, you know, you get a legacy and always be loved and if Harry Kane had gone in the summer and it had forced it through and that legacy would be damaged forever. But you know, these are professional athletes that, that think about being at the top of their field. Well, yeah, he le he left us for, for Manchester United and won the treble. Yeah, and he said and he said last night that wasn't a difficult decision. And I don't blame him. We I no- I don't think any of us blamed Harry Kane for wanting to do what he wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, we the don't sport.
2: blame him, but we also can see that you know, we can call him a cunt if we want to.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's 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 football. That's just the way it is. But yeah, look, a, a, a trophy will come. You know, th- it it will come. We are one of the the, the, of <laughs> the it, better it, teams. In will this it league. come? Because I don't know if it will. It will at some point.
2: There's what, such a years, amount... Last thirty years, we won what is it, three and three trophies and two. But yeah, but cups. it's
3: just there's a huge amount
2: of luck. You got to remember what's happened to the Premier League in
3: the last seventeen years you know you've had if chelsea and man city had not had you know ownership that had gone on that arguably probably wouldn't be uh, authorized now today i mean we know what's happened with newcastle but how long that took to go through and newcastle ownership wouldn't have wouldn't have been allowed if if the precedent hadn't already been set with new with man city and chelsea if if those two hadn't have had something seismic happen in this country not just in football but in sport in general in sport washing then that is, you take out, take away the trophies they've won. I mean, Manchester City in the League Cup, for example, is the last however many it is, seven or eight in the last ten. Take away the stuff that it, we've been hugely, hugely unfortunate that that it wasn't us that have been bought. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a fair thing, thing to say. It. You've got to remember what's happened to this to this sport in this country. You know, Chelsea Abramovich taking over from Chelsea was arguably one of the worst things to happen. To his sport because the Premier League was already on a massive upward trajectory at the time. People seem to forget that they seem to think that oh, suddenly the money started coming in from Abramovich and other owners came in. It's nonsense. The, the Premier League had just signed one of the biggest TV deals they'd ever signed about two months before Abramovich took over, so it was already on that upward trajectory. What it did was excel it, and it made Chelsea and and City to a to a smaller extent. It took a little bit longer with them to suddenly leapfrog people like us and Arsenal. Um, and uh, maybe at the time Villa a- at that time to to come into a situation. So we've just been un- unfortunate. Just with Alex, the other
2: club. Alex, we've got a question from Koi's 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 twenty uh, seven, and he says, "Who has been the better signing, Bentancourt or Kulisevsky?"
3: I mean, so far, I don't think you could probably. I don't think you could split them really. I mean, Kulisevsky maybe because Bentanko's missed two or three games, doesn't he? So. Because he's definitely had
2: more of an impact straight away. Yeah. He's got yeah. the assists and the goals and he Yeah. But, um, but 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 Bentancur's um I mean involvement you saw in the midfield time. changes yeah. the game. It, it, it almost enables Kulusevski to be the player that he has been so far for Spurs. It's quite exciting about him. I know we talked about it yes. earlier, but it, yeah, it just it feels like a, a move in the right direction. Yeah, that's like if you going
3: to say it, it is exciting because you know, when you think about, because I was just thinking, then okay, maybe long term, who do I think would be is is probably going to be end up the better signing? Let's let's say fast forward three years and see where we're at. I, I genuinely can't split them. I think they'd both be massive, massive parts of of this team.
2: Hopefully, we're going we're gonna to have a question from Chris Clark. He says, "Why is no one talking about how good Dyer and Romero were? They were good. They were. Good. I mean, Romero is an absolute fucking Rolls Royce. It's ridiculous. He's mad, isn't he? He's mad, and 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 he's, he's also incredible." Why does he keep grabbing Sonny's head and and, and (laughs) pulling his hair constantly? I haven't seen that. I've
3: heard people talk about, but I haven't seen what people are talking about. Well,
2: he he scored a goal, I don't know where it was, Uh, would it have been Man City, maybe? And he just went up behind him and grabbed a tuft of his hair and just pulled his head back. And why (laughs) why Sonny hasn't reacted, I don't know. Maybe he's just calm with it. But if someone had pulled my hair like that, I'd be fuming. I'd be absolutely fuming. And then when Sonny um, came off... (coughs) He came off for Beauvigne, I think maybe, and um, he went down the <coughs> he went down the bench to greet everyone. And he, he got to Romero, who was like just out of touch and reach, and Romero just grabbed him by the hair and just pulled him down again, punched him in the back, <laughs> and then went back to normal. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like he, he, Romero is, he has been superb. He really he like been, he's been like, very very good, and I think. Uh, he's a walk-in red card, but y- you have to have that like edge. You got to be the one who wants to get in front of the person in front of you. Do you know what I mean? He, 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 there, the, <coughs> there might be moments where the that his aggressiveness un- underpins our tactics, but by the same token, he 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 can create something just by being aggressive. <coughs> yeah, I don't,
3: I don't think he's massively aggressive. <laughs> in terms of of bruteness he's aggressive in thought in terms of I want to get to that ball in in front of that person or if I if he commits to a tackle then he commits to it he reminds me of Vidic a lot where he's just very decisive in everything that he does there's no kind of um in or are in about anything it's that's what I'm going to do and he does it and sometimes that might not pay off and you know he'll, he'll he'll have moments I'm sure um but Dyer as well, you know. Again, what Romero is sorry before I talk about Dyer. What again? What Romero has bought, the same as Bentancur and the same as Colossesi, is calmness. I mean, how many times do you see him just walking with the ball, like barely even moving with the ball, he kind of just slightly, just not even strides. Strides is probably uh, an exaggeration. He literally just walks with the with the ball, and it just yeah. calms everything down. Um, and again, I think that's I think that's a big part. I, by the looks, of we've it. we've got a great not... defender there, haven't we? We've got a yeah. great defender. And Dyer yeah. looks much, and, and Dier just seems to be growing and growing into a very functional. Like, I wouldn't upgrade Eric, Eric Dyer. No, not to...
2: nor would I. No, no. I, I, if if we were going out to, to buy a player that would improve our first eleven, Eric Dyer would be literally last, or or one of the the, the very few that we thought. All right, we need to sort that situation out.
3: Yeah, I think Dyer's still got room to grow in that position. He, and playing well, alongside what, what, people like Romero's in there. Davis, I think, is someone we could probably upgrade.
2: We, uh, yeah, you need you need a left sided someone a left sided defender who can play ball with with their left foot. But... And
3: David, again, <coughs> Davis can be the backup for that. But like I said, we just have to be careful that if we do manage to go on a run and we finish this season really strongly, my only worry is happy that with what we yeah, got. that we go. Do you know what? Oh, actually, maybe it's not as bad as if, you know. No, this this is where we have to. To push on, if if the club don't do what I think is needed this this summer, or, or what Conte is essentially asking for, you know, I know that's a, a really tired narrative. But let's—if the club don't really go for it this this summer, then I, I I genuinely think I'll be in a position where you know I'll just be as I'll be as Enoch out as, as anyone else because I oh not because I think he's like the devil incarnate, but just because I'm like well, what really is the point now?
2: Yeah, but if you if you look at what happened in the transfer window. And we moved out players that, you know, one of your most hated players, Lo mm-hmm. we moved them out and Dombley wasn't doing it. We paid a lot of money for them, but there was uh, a certain element of courage, I think, that probably came from Conte saying that we can't carry this guy. He's yeah. good, but we can't carry him. So, you, you know, it's... it's um, the, 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 the transfer window might not have been as bad as we thought. And if you take that, Attitude into the summer window that we might be able to do. A few yeah, look, the, the, signs, the signs are positive that, that they will do it, and then.
3: But like I said, what my point is is if if you're not going to do it now, then it yeah, really course, will course, be awesome. where you're like, well, I okay, think we're all there. We're how all many there. more? Ch- how many more chances do you need? You know what? What possible excuse could you have now for for not doing it? There is none. Um, and then no. then we cross that bridge when we come to it. But the signs are positive, and hopefully. You go and you go and and make those, um, make the signs that you make, and then we go for it. And if we don't do it, but we've gone, we don't manage to pull it off, you know, in the season and we and we still don't win anything or we, you know, we we fall away, all right. But we did what what a top end manager wanted and it didn't work. I can live with that.
2: Uh, we've got a question here from William Barber. He says, What do you think of, uh, of, uh, of us playing? I can't smile without you, uh, at the start of every game, obviously there was uh, a demonstration of our support for Ukraine and we played a club anthem, actually a fan anthem uh, of, of, of people who follow Spurs can't smile without you is something that was adopted by Tottenham Hotspur fans. The fact that club played that out and recognised that I thought was really, a really lovely thing. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong, but I thought um, it was also
3: the anniversary of Darren Alexander passing away when it It was a, um, the big part of the trust, and they played it. Uh, the Is that game what it was for? After I'm not sure whether that was exactly what it was for, but I thought I uh, that's what I thought originally. But yeah, it was. It was either way. It was. It was lovely to hear, and I, I don't see why. I'd, I'd
2: rather. I'd rather hear that than Jewel of Fates. because oh, you, yeah, do, do, do you know why? Because it, it would be a recognition from the owners of of our club um, that that this song resonates with Spurs fans. That's what yeah. I liked about it.
3: Yeah. Yep, I thought it was really nice. I uh, did they interrupt it halfway through I thought at some at one point but uh which was a little bit of a shame but um but yeah, no, it was uh it, it was nice to see. And again, yeah, it, these are the sort of things where they're just such easy wins for the club and you think well why why wouldn't you do that? You know, they yeah. they have listened at stuff before. Do you remember like the video with um Roger Lloyd Pack narrated? You know, that was just something that was online, wasn't it? And it was put what, towards, what what was that? Sorry. You know, the the montage before the games, uh, you know, the, the I can't remember how it goes, but it's trigger. Roger Lloyd yeah, Roger Lloyd Pack who, who who played trigger, he's narrating that, that video, isn't it? That was just something that was made um, you know, on YouTube and it had been floating around for a little bit and there was a lot of communication saying that the club should play this beforehand and it was put, I think, by the trust to them and they said, Yep, yeah, okay, we'll we'll do it. So they do have these moments of, of listening and they're just such quick, easy wins, particularly for people inside the stadium,
2: which you know, it it's, it's it just down. felt good though because I I was I I took I took it by surprise I, I was I was surprised by it when when I was watching, you know the the previews of the game or when the players were warming up and then it went to kick off and they started playing that I was like wow that this this feels great like it isn't Duel of Fates and I like that as well I do like you know I've had great times at Spurs when listening to that, but it isn't Spurs. It's not, it's fucking Star Wars music. But to have something that belongs to us, like McNamara's band, you know, this is a, a song that was played out, and the f- the players would run out in 61 through to, uh, God knows when, probably early, mid-70s, where the last player would have to click the button so the, the music would stop at Hello? the right time. So yeah, it was it, it was a uh, it was just you know it, it, it was a wonderful thing. Anyway, Alex, I, th- I think we're gonna round that up. Um, yeah, sorry, I lost you for a second. Then doesn't sorry. matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. But we'll, we'll round that up here, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great couple of performances. Like the Borough performances are fucking annoying, but you know we we've we've got plus nine goal difference over two teams who we should beat. And that's not like we we would be as confident now if we'd have beaten both two 0 but the fact is we've beaten nine 0 over two two games. If we go to Old Trafford and dick them as well, we should be excited. We really that's should. right, it's
3: on. This is this is the best bit about football, and we're lucky enough to support a football club that we've got games that matter at this time of the season, uh, and you can and you can and get behind it no matter what you say about Tottenham the last few last few years. There's always been plenty of games towards the, the crunch end of the season that means something. And you can get your teeth into it and get behind a team. And that's all, that's all you can ask for, really.
2: Indeed. Come on, you suppose.
0: It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock.
1: A camel shut up!